Faithbridge Women's Podcast, where we are exploring faith lived out. I'm your host, Ashley Irvin, and I'm so excited for our episode today. I've got two wise and wonderful women with me today, Kasha Glass and Hannah Connor. Hannah and Kasha have both played an integral part in our women's Bible study this semester, where we've been studying Proverbs. They spent a lot of time marinating in that scripture of Proverbs, the wisdom there, to teach our ladies here at Faith Bridge, and it was wonderful, all of their teaching. I was so blessed by it. I know all of our women were as well, so you will be blessed by our time together today, I'm sure, if you're listening. So both of them have a wealth of wisdom and experience to speak from, and they've made an impact with that wealth of wisdom and experience, and I know many people would agree with me when I say that. So I'm excited for y'all to hear from them today. Well, thank you both ladies for being here. Uh, Why don't we start off, Hannah and Kasha, tell us about your history or path into Bible study and speaking or teaching here at FaithBridge or even outside of FaithBridge. We've kind of set the bar a little bit high there that we're these wise women now. So everything (laughs) we have to say now better sound wise. (laughs) I'm sure it will. (laughs) And so, you know, for me, I think it was the, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I I need to know what God has to say. Uh, And for me, it really started with very practical things. So I had a lot of um, head knowledge of the Bible, but not really that applicational piece of how in the world is this going to impact my life, especially whenever I would hit sort of an identity crisis, uh, whether it was starting uh, my first real job out of college, uh, getting married, having my first baby, um, transitioning to a period of working from home for a while as a stay-at-home mom and then back into the work. Every time I hit one of those things, I'm suddenly extremely aware of how little wisdom I have. And so that has driven me into study and preparation. And then I think out of that, some opportunities. I'd never teach anything that's not something God has personally Mm -hmm. worked on me. I bet you're the same way, Hannah. Yeah. And how did you start speaking at FaithBridge? I don't know. I'm curious. So that's kind of an interesting story. I kind of went around the world before I actually the first time ever <laughs> spoke at Faith Bridge, even though my first, I, I remember sitting in the balcony back when I was a balconite. That's what my husband and I would call it. So we would be like, we're going to sit up here in the balcony and we slip out. By then we don't have to talk to anybody, you know, back in the early days. And then just having a moment where I kind of, opened my eyes during prayer. Also, again, a bit irreligious, right? I'm like not even closing my eyes. And I see, um, I just start noticing all these women who are in deep prayer. It was, I think it was one of those prayer times where we were really laying it down, like the burdens that we had Mm -hmm. and just suddenly getting this sense um, of the Lord just sort of laying on my heart. I want you to serve these women. I want you, I want you to give them something, um, from my word. And so going, okay, well, how how do we do that? And so I began to just um, study more intently. I got invited to speak at a retreat, a couple other things um, at other churches, still not here at my home Uh faith bridge. But eventually then some opportunities with women's ministry opening up to do that. Um, And in the process, um, just, uh, I wrote a Bible study on Colossians and really for me getting to teach that uh, several Thursday evenings in a row here at Faith Bridge. That really, I think, sort of kicked it off for me. Yeah, it's so. awesome. That's awesome. Um, I grew up with parents who really instilled uh, the word in me and all my siblings. I grew up memorizing parts of the Bible, reading 
the Bible every morning. I was homeschooled, so uh, it could be integrated a lot into the curriculum, <laughs> <laughs> um, as our behavior warranted. <clears throat> um, and usually in a way that was that was actually pretty engaging. Um, my mom's dad was a pastor of the church that, that I grew up attending, a really kind of small church, and my dad taught Sunday school for us. And, you know, when you're at a little church, the kids, like when you get all the kids together, it's like, okay, we have a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old, <laughs> and they're going to be together in the same class. Um, and I remember he didn't, he made up curriculum, what we were going to do. And for one summer, we went through the Old Testament, and we would look for references in the Old Testament to Jesus. Mm. And whenever we'd find a good one, we'd get candy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great incentive. <laughs> it is. And I remember, like, actually really loving that and everyone being so into it. And let me tell you, uh, when we hit Isaiah, it was a party every Sunday. It was candy palooza. <laughs> every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So um, I grew up reading the Bible a lot. And then, you know, of course, at one point it transitions to your parents aren't going to make you do anything. Am I still interested? And I really was. Um, and here at Faith Bridge, uh, I guess I started by... Well, I've had a couple of different jobs here at Faith Ridge over the yeah. years, um, doing many things that had nothing to do with speaking or being in front of people at all. And I was working on the worship and communications team. Uh, I think I was part of like the Christmas setup crew and the cameras on Sundays. And they offer a preaching class for staff yeah. members, you know, every once in a while. And so it rolled around and uh, I was invited. There was no reason I would be. <laughs> But somehow I screwed up the courage to ask uh, Dan Slagle if I could join. And he said, absolutely. We would love to have you. And so um, I got a great, great education on, on preaching yeah. from Ken and Dan through that. And um, I think after that was my first opportunity, Ash Wednesday, to teach. Yeah. And I've had more and more and more mentoring from then, since then. Yeah. So. And it makes a difference, the mentoring. It sure does. <laughs> it really yeah. does. Otherwise, you're only, um, you're just copying whichever uh, go-to man or woman mm -hmm. speaker that you've seen. And yeah. all of a sudden, I, I was uh, in, in the talk that I did recently at the table. I suddenly realized the last pastor that I had listened to was Ben Stewart. And mm -hmm. so I was using his man. I even did the. If y'all y'all know the Ben squat, yeah, every squat yeah. Sound, uh -huh. yeah, did that in the middle of my talk. So I'm like, I, I did a Ben, I did a Ben squat. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it is. I think that's something taken into consideration. Like, like you brought up Hannah taking that preaching class in our recent iteration of that, learning how to find our voice. It was mm -hmm. something we focused on, and just how important it is to figure out what is your unique voice in teaching? So I'm curious for both of y'all, what, how has that process been for you to find your voice in, in teaching God's word? Well, I've, I've loved writing my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, and my degree is in creative writing. I've spent, you know, years in, um, workshop writing groups. And so I, I feel like I have a really clear voice, um, in writing and, yeah. Obviously, it, it's a little bit different in speaking, especially specifically like teaching or teaching the Bible. But knowing what my voice was as a writer, I think made it a lot easier for me to sort of hone in on what it was as a teacher or um, a speaker. Which yeah. It's it's quirky. And um, 
Sometimes a little intense. Sometimes then <laughs> you lighten it up. <laughs> Maybe, but I think that's what we love is we get the real mm-hmm. Anna Connor, yeah. not a um, version of somebody else. I, mean, yeah. I think that's it makes it memorable. It makes it relatable. Uh, and there's going to be someone that can hear from you in a way that she can't hear from me mm-hmm. or Ashley mm-hmm. because we're we also have our unique mm-hmm. voice too. Yeah. For me, it was interesting. It was actually because of something I couldn't do that I began to really find my unique voice. Um, I, when I was working on the first Bible study that I wrote, I had had a major flare-up of my fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. So to the point where I couldn't sit at a computer, I couldn't type, I was exhausted. Um, I was, you know, just um, trying to get this thing finished because I had, a, because I had agreed I would speak at a women's retreat <laughs> in Breckenridge, <laughs> and now there was a deadline, and I couldn't. I thought, Lord, why would you call me to something and then immediately mm-hmm. let this happen mm-hmm. where I am, in, you know, somewhat incapacitated to do the very thing that you call me to do, which is to write. How yeah. can I do this? Mm-hmm. And so I began to uh, figure out how to use voice, uh, voice to text with my computer, and I began to experiment with just talking in a very conversational way the pages after pages of this bible study that I was writing and so what happened in the process is rather than type 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 and now go turn it into talk and now go I was talking the very things I was going to be teaching I was Mm -hmm. teaching the very things I was going to talk and so that it it developed for me um, this conversational style that I have tried to be true to because it really is uh, my favorite way to engage with people is if we were sitting ar- across from coffee, how would mm-hmm. I talk to you? But then take it up a little bit, mm-hmm. a notch, because what I have to say is God's word, and it has even more importance than what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, about, you know, well, how was your day today? And so for me, that was how God took this thing that I saw as a weakness and use it to develop my unique voice. Yeah, I love that. I love how you see that God took something that felt like something you couldn't do and turned it into, let me show you this different facet of how I've created you to use your voice. So it's awesome for sure. So how has God used this study and the prep that both of you did for teaching Proverbs? Uh, How did he use that to impact your faith personally through the word? Well, Proverbs is a book of the Bible that I really love. um, And I grew up loving Proverbs. I grew up homeschooled, um, pretty sheltered. So in a way, Proverbs, when I first encountered it, made me feel like it would help me know how to live in the scary wide world out there. It was all of these like life hacks. Um, And so I spent a lot of time in Proverbs imagining that it would really equip me uh, for the world out there one day. Um, But did obviously find um, a lot of wisdom in it. So Going diving back into Proverbs was, it was fun, and it was kind of also fun to see uh, the different perspective that I have now yeah. as an old lady compared to <laughs> a fourteen-year-old. Um, how I approach it really differently, the wisdom that it still holds, but understanding a lot more of the challenge. Yeah, too. yeah, that's interesting to think about your perspective then and now, really diving into it. And I'm sure teaching too. It's like you spend so much more time than just reading to intake personally. And so getting that time with it too, I'm sure had a big impact as well. Yeah. I tend to like go overkill on information gathering Uh and research. (laughs) That's one of my uh, Achilles heels as a 
speaker. I'll spend forever just reading and like gathering information. Yeah. And so, I mean, I definitely did that this time also, but I really enjoy it. And yeah. I learn so much and it's a place where I meet God and I encounter um, his creativity mm. and how big and um, powerful. It's a place where I where I end up in awe of God pretty yeah, often. That's awesome. Well, and, and even like in that uniqueness that you're talking about being quirky earlier, like I, I wanted to affirm you in that, like your quirkiness or whatever you feel like is different than other people. You always turn the facet on what I understand about scripture, like what that information gathering and finding it. And then also being able to stand in awe of the creativity of God. Mm-hmm. Cause you show a different aspect of that understanding that pulls us deeper at least for me I'm always pulled deeper into God's word through that quirkiness or individual you know like your own individual voice and the way that you see God so thank you I think um a lot of times one of the things that I worry about is like is this going to be helpful Mm. to anyone yeah because what I'm doing is obviously I'm I'm learning and it's edifying to me but it's a service and it's an obedience yeah and I don't want to get up there and I don't know sound good look good. I mean, I do, but it yeah. needs to be more than that. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and I think, look, I mean, even if all that happens is you grew in your wonder and awe of God, mm-hmm. uh, you saw a little bit more of the unimaginable imagination of God. Uh, even if that's all that happened, there's still benefit of that. Even maybe even if a message didn't land. And I think that's the, the, to say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient mm-hmm. and I'm going to just revel in you. And yes, I'll do the prep. I'll do the work that I need to do because uh, the people that I'm serving are worth that. Mm-hmm. But the overflow that simply comes out of being amazed at what mm-hmm. God's showing you in scripture, that in itself, yeah. uh, the glorying in our father, mm-hmm. that's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we, we get it reversed when we think it's all about the end game of did I deliver a message mm-hmm. that resonated with every person and oh how many people came up to me afterwards and yeah. told me and they were so blessed yeah. by the message and then I had to come up with some less awkward way to say I'm so <laughs> glad it was useful to you and and I, I don't want yeah. to take any glory and all the things we go through as we mm-hmm. handle uh, the fact that we get to be the messenger in the middle. Mm-hmm. Someone told me once that um that the difference between a good sermon and a bad sermon is in the preparation, and the difference between a good sermon and a great sermon is all in God. Yeah. All we can do is yep. is our best and get ready. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's such a good, good word too. I think even past, if God has called you into teaching, it's whatever God's called you into. It's like taking that great step of obedience, is saying, God, you be the one to meet me in in this step and do it through me. And it's not going to be me that gets the glory, but it's you doing it because a lot of times he calls us to things that are scary and seem impossible but he does it through us so I think that's such a good word even past just teaching yeah and I I was gonna I was thinking about one of uh, one of your teachings when you're talking about how the whole point of wisdom is not uh, a couplet a day keeps the devil away (laughs) it is how do we begin to let the wisdom weave itself into us so that we can discern discern the path mm. before us what is what is good and what is bad mm-hmm. and that part of wisdom is growing in that sense of wonder um, that God he, he does have a wise way that the universe has been put together and that he without belittling or begrudging us at all is willing to give us wisdom when we ask I mean that is yeah. what other God would do that right would say, I long to share with you 
how I created the very universe that you inhabit. Let me teach you how to do that. And so for me, there's that sense of wonder as, Mm -hmm. again, I'm looking at Proverbs, uh, just even this time, I think really noticing those ones like uh, Proverbs 30, where Agar's having them look to nature, look at ants, look at locusts, look at lizards, Mm -hmm. all these things, look at snakes, things say, look at the majestic wonder of how these things like a human mind could not have come up with this. And to say, this is a testimony to a creative, mighty God. Mm -hmm. And if he cares enough with how he crafted a lizard on a rock. Yeah. Think about the treasures he has for you. Yeah, so good. It's so good to see that and and to be able to see God's love for us through those things, like how intentionally and, and uh, detailed-wise he put that into us to live out his purpose too, like you're talking about with the lizards and, and the ants and all the little things that you see and how nature also kind of shows this thread of who God is, and we get to look to that through the wisdom of Proverbs. Definitely. Are you guys nature people? Oh, yes. all the time. <laughs> and you tell. Yeah. yeah. Are you? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at all. She, um, she did not want to admit it. But. No, the most outdoorsy I get is um, standing in grass and bare feet. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's why it's important that we have you too, Hannah. <laughs> that's right. For all the all non-nature that, people out there. I'm not the nature girl who wants to go hike and do all that. I, I want to sit in nature. <laughs> I do not want to conquer it. Gotcha. I love it. So how has God used biblical wisdom to change and shape your faith, even outside of your time in Proverbs, like in your own time with God in this season? How has he been using wisdom to shape you? Mm. Every time, again, like I said, every time I had an identity crisis, and for me it has been some new roles with work, I am so aware of my lack and how much I need God, and it drives me to this place of humility and seeking, mm-hmm. and just, I think, I think you even brought this out in another conversation we'd had, Hannah, that the, the more we, the more clarity we get about God, the deeper the mystery becomes, mm-hmm. right, the mm-hmm. more we realize how much we don't know, and so, just the season of there are so many complicated things, so many complicated things that people are going with so many deep needs that anyone um, with just eyes to see and ears to hear is going to see the deep complicated needs and that uh, we can't just pull out like a couplet to fix that thing. Like Mm -hmm. there is, we have to know the God of wisdom intimately and then trust him even more deeply that maybe we get to be part of the solution, but maybe we don't, mm-hmm. and it will be okay, uh, and not feel that sense of I, there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied, and there's nothing I can do because I can't even tell you. Even this week, how many times I've hit a situation where, like, at the end of a conversation, it's like, well, we know we can pray, so let's pray right now yeah. because the questions were unanswerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, getting to that place of dependence is such a wise place to be too. Like that's enlisting the wisdom of, I know it's not me that's going to do it, but it's God. And I think it's his grace to bring us to those situations to say, I can't do this. And and I know that I don't know the solution, but I'm going to trust God with it. I think that's a wise word for sure. The idea of questions um, without answers really resonates. I've been in a season for a while where there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of 
what's that quote um, where it says there are years that ask questions and years that answer them? Mm, I think it's Zora Neale Hurston. And I feel like I've been in a couple of years that ask a lot of questions. And my mode when I'm when I'm without knowledge, what I feel is like sufficient knowledge is to freeze. Mm. I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything until I feel equipped. Yeah. And and I feel equipped by knowing and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, hence like the research hoarding tendencies. So it feels like I've been in a bit of a frozen season and going back and reading even, you know, when you deliver a message for people, but it's also a message for you. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5, looking at how true wisdom, you know, pushes us past what makes sense, mm-hmm. what would be easy to agree to into love, which is, you know, uh, the foolishness of God in some yeah. ways and realizing that I've been, I've been really stuck mm-hmm. in verse four for a long time. I've been kind of frozen. Um, I want answers before I'm ready to go any further. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, well, we're going to, we'll move out there into the wild unknown together, God. Of course we will. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we do, but you're going to clean up this mess first, right? And then we'll go on. Uh, <laughs> that's not always how, not always how it works. And yeah. so just kind of being reminded that even without answers, uh, I'm called to be open Mm, yeah. to what to what God has for me and what he might want to do for others through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that takes a lot of courage too to say I'm not, I, I'm going to be able to walk through this even when the mess around me feels like it's not being cleaned up, but God's asking me to step into obedience without the clarity of what that even means sometimes, like taking that step. And so, wow, I, I, agree, I feel like I agree with both of y'all, the things that we, we taught, how much that ministers to where we're at even mm-hmm. and how... Um, cause the lesson that I taught, it was like the, uh, heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm-hmm. And that's been such a theme of like wrestling through what are my steps? What is obedience right now? But, and I can sit here and plan out a, B and C of like, I'm going to follow this path and it's going to be good and can live in that camp of legalism of wanting to do mm-hmm. good and do right. Um, but God will be the one that establishes my steps. And so what it, also just another grace of God that like in the midst of preparing for teaching, he teaches us through his word and, and into those like intimate parts of our hearts that other people may not know and um, know that's going on, especially when you're on stage and prepared and well-polished and speaking these things. I think it's so important and so helpful for us to hear from y'all, like where God was moving as you were preparing that teaching too, to know that it's like, you're not up there as a perfect human being, like that's got all this Bible wisdom and understanding, but you're also delivering from a place of desperation, which I think is the best place to, to be on stage delivering that wisdom and truth. 100%. Um, I, the other day I ran into someone who had heard me speak in women's ministry. Uh I was like, I think I was at Hat Creek with my kids and (laughs) She didn't think I was the same person because I looked so different. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that, you know, shiny, what you see is right. shiny on the stage. And then um, behind the scenes where there's a lot of wrestling and, and questions and learning as we go to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was just thinking about the difference between the uh, sort of worldly wisdom and what we think it means to be wise 
we kind of have this linear approach, right? Like we'll just keep getting wiser and wiser and wiser. And then we'll be the teachers. We'll be mm-hmm. the father speaking mm-hmm. to his son or the mother speaking to mm-hmm. her son. The, that, that kind of bookend Proverbs or we'll be that wise woman in the marketplace calling out to you mm-hmm. simpletons, you know, yeah. whatever. But that's not what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the New Testament, we see Paul kind of battling against um, professional sophists, professional wisdom teachers and lovers who would sort of, they've arrived, they have the new philosophy mm-hmm. and then the people flock around them and, oh, and then they pass the plate or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We more and more realize that to be truly wise, right, the fear of the Lord, that means always putting ourselves mm-hmm. in a position of being the learner, of mm-hmm. being the simpleton, of being the listener, of being the one who is willing to be filled up with the wisdom of God. And yes, the overflow is we get to give it away. Yeah. But just like you're talking about, the fact that I'm, I'm the mom in Hat Creek with the kids. <laughs> I was that mom up on stage too, by right. the way. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I washed my hair and put some <laughs> makeup on, but I am just like you. I am a woman seeking after God, mm-hmm. being open to learning and never stop learning and never s- suddenly put myself into the I have arrived mm-hmm. uh, bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Because the minute you do that, uh, you, you're – you're going to take a tumble. For sure. Right, right. Pride comes before a fall. That's right. Proverbs mm-hmm. tells us there that There you too. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you ladies so much for sharing your wisdom. I think I could talk and listen all day long and have a longer conversation, but we, <laughs> we are limited on our time on this podcast. And I'd love to ask you as we wrap up, uh, the same question we ask all of our guests on the show is, what is something that has brought you joy this week? Well, my, my kids convinced me to uh, download Among Us and we've been playing which is like the game where you where you go in and there's like one of you is a murderer. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so we've been playing that together after they get home from school for fun. a little while, and it's a lot oh, of that's fun. fun. I love it. Oh, well, mine has been. I, I now so I will light a fire in my fireplace in the summer, except then I feel really <laughs> awkward about it. So now it's actually some days cold enough yeah that in the mornings I can put a fire in my fireplace and um just have some time in front of the fire with my dog um with my coffee with my bible whatever and not feel like I'm going to get judged by the other people in my house (laughs) so that has been bringing me a lot of joy it's finally fire season yes it's fire season (laughs) at the glass house (laughs) I love it well thank you both just for sharing your wisdom and and the truth and and just the impact that wisdom has had on your life and I hope to anyone listening that this has been encouraging and uplifting and thank you for tuning in and inviting us into your headphones your car your home or your phone speaker and we'll be back again next week with our last episode of the season i hope you've enjoyed this whole season and if you've made it this far with us thanks for coming along on this journey but until next time have a most wonderful week my friends